All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It's a Thursday, January 19th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Tyler Uremchuk and former NHLer Colby Cohen with you. And Colby, you are on Frank Saravalli babysitting duty this week in the Windy City. He's in town. Oh, we're always pleasure to have Frank out here in Chicago. We had a nice dinner together last night. Of course, Frank showed up about 25 minutes late because, you know, he's working the phones and, and doing all his radio hits. Yeah, it's deadline season, and it's absolutely crazy. We'll have some trade deadline talk coming up in a little bit, but let's start by focusing with what happened on the ice last night. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on that clock and dig into Mr. 500, Steven Stamkos, becoming the third active player right now in the 500 goal club, the 47th player all time to hit that mark as well. And when you look at the career of Steven Stamkos, Colby, this is a guy who is, uh, I mean, all he does is score goals. And it felt like for a couple of years, you know, maybe he was losing that touch a little bit, but he is right back. A 40 goal season last year, hits the 500 mark this year. When you look at this career, is he a first ballot slam dunk Hall of Famer for you? Absolutely. Uh, it's not even a question to me. I think, you know, between wearing on his jersey, keeping that whole team together, you know, not always the easiest when you have a team full of star players like they have there in Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that he he's a big part of that and, and the heartbeat of that team. And, and look, Tyler, I, I don't think in the history of this game we see that many players that can score like Steven Stamkos. I mean, he could have a sleepy night for 55 minutes 
but all he needs is one or two to leave a huge impact on the game. And I, I just don't think those pure goal scorers like Steven Stamkos come around all that often. Yeah, you're bang on with that. When you look at sort of this generation of NHLers, I mentioned he's the third active one with Crosby and obviously Ovechkin being the other two right now. But when you think of goal scorers in this generation, it's Ovi and it's Stamkos. This is a guy who hit the 60 goal mark. And I mentioned, you know, injuries and things like that slowed him down for a couple of seasons. And, you know, his goal totals weren't that high, even if his goals per game stayed high. And I remember chatting with him last year in Chicago at the media tour. And he was talking about how motivated he was heading into last year to show that, hey, I still have it because I want to be an Olympian. And when you look at his resume, it really is a shame that that's the one thing missing. He's got the rings. He's got the personal awards. He's got the goals, but he just never got that Olympic gold. I feel for the guy a little bit because it's remarkable to see how long he's remained a top goal scorer in the NHL. But he also doesn't seem to be slowing down, so there's really no reason to think that his production is going to tail off. He's a guy who takes care of himself off the ice. He's always in good shape. He's come back from big-time injuries, and he's come back strong. And again, when you know how a player's trying to score a goal and you still cannot stop him, like the way he lines up for a one-timer, like the way Ovi lines up for a one-timer, you know, you have a whole team talking about how they're going to kill against you and i i just think that that that's a special thing and it's a special label and i think he deserves all the accolades and i absolutely think he's a first ballot hall of famer 14th season of his career and he is once again on pace or close to it to hit that 40 goal mark uh steven stankos a remarkable career hits 500 last night and they beat the vancouver canucks which a lot of teams have been beating the vancouver canucks as of late and what a weird situation this been. This has been. I mean, it's been hard not to talk about the Canucks pretty much every show. But for the last week now, we've been hearing multiple multiple reports that yeah, they were talking to Rick Tockett. Okay, they may have hired Rick Tockett. Some people are saying. I saw a report <laughs> from Sportsnet uh, Radio in Vancouver that's like, yeah, no, they might introduce him on Monday. Well, they still have like two more games to play. And I just look at this Colby and I go, mercy for our guy Bruce Boudreau. Like, this is not a first-time head coach who's just happy to be getting a look for a little bit. This is a guy that this front office hired last season, and yet you don't have the decency to say, you know what, Bruce, we have a new guy coming in. It's going to take a couple weeks to get sorted out, but we're letting you go. We'll let an assistant take over. I just think it's wildly embarrassing for the Canucks that they're forcing this guy to keep going out behind the bench if they do indeed already have his replacement hired. Well, you guys love having me on here when there's anything juicy to talk about with the Vancouver Canucks. And and I, I just couldn't agree more with you, Tyler. I, I think that it's a total mess, the situation that they've created. Um, the fact that, you know, we're getting all these reports and, and there's leaks coming out of the organization about this. It's really just a bad look for hockey in general, especially in a big Canadian market when you have a fan base that is it as the Vancouver Canucks and you know you look at the history um, maybe not the recent history but the not so far recent history you know a Stanley Cup finals in 2011 you've got you know the Sedin twins that brought nothing but class and grace to that organization for a long time and you know you've got the guys on TNT making a joke last night when uh, Rick Tockett was working on the whiteboard and they were like don't do it too well talk because we we want to make sure you're with us starting next week so like they're even making subtle jokes about it on tnt's panel which look those guys like to chop it up and have fun right tyler 
Yeah, uh, it, it's wild. And I guess I want to pick the player side of your brain a little bit because I think about the guys in that Canucks room. Like, they read the press clippings. They know what's going on there. Have you ever been in a situation where your head coach is kind of a bit of a dead man walking and everyone in the room is like, boy, when is this finally going to happen? I actually was in the American League my rookie season when I got traded from Colorado. I had spent some time in the NHL. I get traded to Boston. I'm back in Providence. Our head coach is a guy by the name of Rob Murray, uh, who was like a, kind of a tough guy in the American League. Well, our assistant coach at the time was Bruce Cassidy, and we all knew that was going to be Bruce's job any day. And we literally had moments where we were coming in wondering – who is going to be sitting in the coach's office? Because this is before Twitter was like huge, right? Like everything wasn't being broken on Twitter in the moment. So we would come in some days wondering, is, is Murr still going to be our coach or is it going to be Butchie's show? So it, it's an uncomfortable situation. And if it does play out this way over the next week or two, Tyler, shame on the organization for, for letting it go down this way. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, Colby. Uh, you talk about Twitter breaking news. Our insider friends, like Frank Saravalli, haven't really had any trades to break so far this season. And it is a little bit odd to be creeping towards the end of January and creeping close to the deadline with really not a single major move having been made yet on the trade front. And it's brought up the idea of, you know, the cap system kind of really putting a strangle on trades and on transactions. I mean, we've had quality players like Jacob Verana and Alex Nedeljkovic pass through waivers. You know, Verana's a guy who could very easily score a team 30 goals and no one wanted to touch him for free because of the salary cap problems that come with picking up a guy like that. And it's brought up the idea of, you know, is the hard cap maybe the best thing for the NHL and should they look at a soft cap situation to open up more transactions but I know that can be a little bit complicated but it really is a shame Colby that we're sitting here you know as guys that talk about this sport for a living we've been doing it now for four months five months into this season and no big trades yet like that's the kind of stuff that keeps fans engaged that brings you to the front of ESPN and the headlines when big moves get made and the NHL's just been sitting here because every GM has their hands tied and there's a lot of big names that that could be on the move if if the cap wasn't such a problem you know that it is if we weren't living in this covid cap crunch world that we are but I, I think we have to address this because I think there are a number of teams. I bet you more than half the owners in the NHL would be willing to spend more. And I think if you create a luxury tax system, I think you're going to just create a system where you can actually do more for the teams that don't want to spend more because the luxury tax money can go into the revenue share. It can go to the teams that don't want to spend, that aren't struggling. I don't believe the parody thing. Look at baseball. I mean, the Yankees don't win the World Series every year. The Mets, they're going to have a $500 million payroll this year. Are they going to win the World Series? I'm not betting on them to win the World Series. I think there's enough parity in hockey. There's enough good players. I think having some sort of a luxury tax where you can spend over. Or I go back to something I said on this show last month. And I think there's got to be some sort of system for general managers where they are given cap relief for signing drafted players and let the smart people come up with the ins and outs of the rules, but give these GMs an opportunity to save 10, 15, or even 20% on their cap when they commit to long-term to homegrown drafted players. And then if you think about, let's say you have three guys, like let's say Toronto, you've got Matthews, you've got Marner, you've got Nylander, all guys you drafted. You have 20% savings off of all those players. That adds up to a lot of cap room. And so I think that something 
needs to be done because you're right. Everybody is frozen right now. And there are a lot of names and teams that are looking to improve. I'll give you, we have a little bit of extra time here. So I'll give you my pie in the sky idea. And it's once the calendar flips in the middle of the season, every GM is given a trade credit, whether it's 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, they get an extra little lump sum of the cap that they're allowed to go over as long as it's used for a trade. So you can't use it to go bring a guy off LTIR or anything like that. But once the calendar would have flipped at January 1, 2023, every GM can use three to $5 million to bring in a player via trade. This would benefit everyone, in my opinion, from the player's perspective. In the summer, you would suddenly have GMs who go, hmm, I don't need to save this extra couple million dollars here for when I get to the trade deadline. I'm going to go out and spend it on free agents right now. So more teams would be incentivized to spend to the cap. For the fans, they'd get more transactions because January 1 would almost be like a second trade deadline in a way because teams would suddenly have 3 to $5 million to go spend on a player they want to trade for. And for the teams who are not looking to spend that money and their sellers, well, hey, you just opened up a whole boatload of teams who will suddenly be more willing to spend more assets earlier and you'd create more bidding wars. I feel like that would be the way I want to go, even if it's a little unrealistic. No, I, I like it. And I think there's no reason creative, smart people can't get around the table and come up with a situation here that works for everybody. Dig in on the CBA. The league is healthy. The TV money is healthy. Teams are healthy. Buildings are healthy. So let, let's see that and let's make the game better and more exciting. Speaking of quality players available at the deadline, that ties in nicely to our deadline countdown for today. A new story up every single day on dailyfaceoff.com. And Colby, I want to talk a little bit about Timo Meyer. Frank earlier this week listed the New York Rangers as a team who could be potentially looking at this guy. And I mean, every cup contender should. He's got 26 goals in 46 games this season. That's a 20, uh, That's a 46 goal pace. He had 35 last year. And I know that $10 million qualifying offer is a little frightening to look at, but for this season, he's a $6 million cap hit, which means if the Sharks are willing to retain half of it, man, there should be a lot of teams lining up, but the Rangers as a potential fit. Does that make sense to you? It does make a lot of sense to me. And they've talked a lot about Patrick Kane and we've heard those rumors as well. But, you know, to me, you're getting a 26 year old <clears throat> who's a 30 goal scorer you know, even if he sleepwalks through the rest of the season, which I, I can't imagine he's going to, he's a winger. You know, there's a need on the wing in New York. You know, they're trying to figure it out with Lafreniere up on that top line. It's been okay. It hasn't been terrible, but it hasn't been great. You see Capo Caco starting to play a little bit. And again, I thought that you bring Timo Meyer in, aside from bringing in an elite winger, you're slotting other players back down your lineup that make a lot more sense. And, and the Rangers last year had that with guys like Cop, and they had it with guys like Mott. They brought in more good depth type of players. I'm not calling Andrew Cop just a depth player, but you understand what I'm saying here. Yeah. So I think the Rangers would be a really good fit for Timo Meyer. They're obviously going to have some work to do to make that whole situation work. I also like what the Rangers have in their system. They've got a guy like Adam, um, like Zach Jones, who's playing in Hartford. <clears throat> He's a good young defenseman that I believe is NHL caliber. They've got some draft picks. They have some capital and some assets that they could move on from. Now, there's another team in a big city on the other coast that I think would be a good fit 
for Timo Meyer, and that's the LA Kings. And I look at the LA Kings forward set, and I think, you know, you bring in Timo Meyer, you put him on your first line, you put him on your second line, that pushes Quinton Byfield down the lineup a little bit into more favorable matchups. That takes Alex Ayafalo, pushes him down the lineup into more favorable matchups. Those are both guys who play on the left wing. And I think if you in LA can find a way to fit Timo Meyer into your system, you become one of the best top nine forward bases in the entire NHL. So, so I think those would be two good fits. And I don't know where you stand on the matter, but but for me, those are the two. That's yeah, I'm going to stay in uh, the Pacific Division as well. And I'm going to say the Calgary Flames. And I know we got a comment on the YouTube stream right now at saying, you know, the Rangers can't afford them long term. I mean, the Kings would have a tough time affording them long term. So would the Calgary Everyone Flames. Would. Exactly. Like that $10 million qualifying offer makes it more or less impossible to give to the guy. But for right now, in the moment, teams will be looking at him as potentially a pure rental. And I think that's what will keep the Rangers. I love that Kings pick as well, because you're right. Their forward group looks good right now. If you added a piece like that, it would hit a whole nother level. And Great. for the Flames, I wouldn't be surprised if Brad Tree Living sitting there going, boy, you know, I might be in a little bit of trouble if after the offseason I had, we missed the playoffs push even more chips into the middle and go get a guy like Timo Meyer to add that forward group and help with the scoring punch. So uh, a bunch of interesting fits. He's a guy who, like you said, he's going to sleepwalk his way to 30-plus goals again this season. And that big body in the playoffs, I, I think it'd be a perfect fit for anyone who's looking to contend for a Stanley Cup this season. A lot of those teams are in the Eastern Conference, and we're going to get into the math behind that with our friend Cam Sharon in the Number Crunch. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cam Sharon and the Number Crunch brought to you by our friends at Montana's. Cam, welcome back to the show. I teased it off the jump there. The Eastern Conference looks loaded this year. Is there really a huge gap between the number of cup contenders out East compared to out West? Well, I don't know specifically about cup contenders, but it certainly seems that way. And this is just something I would have been noticing over the last uh, few weeks or so. Whenever I was putting together any sort of uh, 
of model trying to trying to figure out which which teams were the best in the league. You know, it always comes back to league standings and the, the teams at the top of the standings. You're looking at, of course, Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, uh, Tampa Bay is ahead of Toronto in uh, points percentage now. So but those five teams are all, of course, playing in the Eastern Conference. And I was curious as to whether uh, this is a kind of a one off thing or or very common. And uh, back right now in uh, in interconference games, so the Eastern Conference against the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference uh, is uh, is playing at a 100 points per 82 pace. So that's like a like a like a high level playoff team. Meanwhile, the Western Conference against the East is only playing at an 81 points per 82 pace. So that's below 500. That's below real 500, not just NHL 500. And the last time that we've seen a disparity that big was actually in the 2009-2010 season when it was the West that was a much better uh, conference. Obviously, they had Chicago and Detroit in that time and uh, Vancouver. So it's really it's really fun to see that uh, that that the balance of power has really flipped. And a lot and there's some teams that are in the uh, some teams that are in the Western Conference that just can't get it going because they can't win games against the East. So Winnipeg. Uh, are 27 or tw sorry 21 seven and one against the West in their own conference. They're playing tonight in Toronto. They're only eight and eight against the East. That's really cut into their uh, to their status as a contender because they seem like a pretty good team otherwise. The LA Kings too. They're 17 six and four against the West, but they're only eight nine and two against the East. Meanwhile, there are some teams out, out in the East that are doing okay against their own conference, but they just haven't beaten up on the on the other opponents that they've been able to or that. Uh, that their competition has been able to beat to beat up on, and I think of teams like Florida and Ottawa that I think probably should be a lot closer to the playoffs than than they are. So uh, that's so that's something that I've been noticing and uh, something that's interesting, and uh, keep keep tracks on it through the end of the year to see if uh, the disparity matches. Uh, Tampa Bay, New Jersey are two teams that have definitely crushed the West so far this year. Uh, New Jersey thirteen two and one, uh, Tampa Bay fourteen and four, both them playing at President's Trophy pace. Uh, west of the Mississippi and, uh, you know, kind of middling in their own conference, but uh, but doing fine and, uh, you know, they're contenders. Damn, it's a perfect way to segue into my question for you. We saw the Colorado Avalanche here in Chicago last week, and I caught up with Joe Sackick after the game just to sort of pick his brain a little bit, and, and there was really no panic there. Um, I think Joe Sackick's probably been through it all. So I'm wondering, this is a team that lost to the Chicago Blackhawks about 10 days ago and has since started to play better. They've had some pretty big responses. They've put up some pretty big scores. Should we expect to see the Colorado Avalanche be an elite team in the second half of the season? I, I think it's like every single time, like every game, I feel like this is the game that Colorado really breaks out. And they've just been kind of hanging around that kind of, that uh, in that wild card position, they've never been too far out of the race. It's really interesting. They've had such a they've had such a strange season because of all the injuries they've had. Now they're getting everyone healthy. You're right. They've had these three big wins. They had a very convincing win against Calgary last night. They had convincing wins against Ottawa and Detroit. And they've you know they've been hanging around so closely. And the West is such a is you know there's there's there aren't too many contending teams out west that. It feels like any you know it could be two weeks where the where Colorado just breaks out and has a big uh, has a big run and goes on it. So the the problem I have with them, and this is um, this is something that that I noticed about them the last couple seasons is we talk a lot about score effects in hockey and how teams that are trailing tend to take more shots and teams that are leading tend to hang back a little. Well, when Colorado was 
probably at their best uh, last year and the season before, they were kind of going against that. When they'd be ahead by two or three goals against a bad team, they would keep pushing and pushing and try and make that a three or a four goal uh, lead. And they haven't really been doing that this year, which is a big, um, it's kind of taken away from the dominance of Colorado. And that's not just a pure uh, injury thing or I think that it's also a bit of a mentality thing. And I think that the team, they're probably a little bit more okay with sitting back on what they have. They did win that cup. It can take a lot of pressure off you as an organization, kind of a le- less desire to really push and push. But I just look at last night. I thought they played really well against Calgary, watched some of that game. But in the third period of that game, they were out attempted 18 to eight by the Flames, kind of let Calgary hang around, not necessarily let, let them back in the game. They played really well defensively, but they let them, they they didn't really push and get, and uh, they took that early three nothing lead and they didn't score anything until the empty netter. So, you know they're they're a really good team at five on five. The special teams are holding them back. They were really strong for them last year. So, you know it feels like any time something could click for Colorado, I'm waiting for them to really take it. Maybe this is when it's finally going to change with uh you know now that they have Detrushkin back in the lineup. Great stuff, as always, Cam. The Number Crunch is brought to you by Montana's, and they have a brand-new comfort food menu out now. It just came out on Tuesday, and look at some of this stuff. Pot roast soup, chipotle firecracker burger, creamy mac and cheese. It all looks fantastic. Find out more by visiting them at montanas.ca. Cam, we'll chat again next week, man. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going to go get some apple crisp. There you go. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question. You can send yours in with the hashtag AskDFO. And we did get one sent in as well, talking about some GM work from around the league. Colby, we have a little bit over half a season in the rearview mirror now. So let's look back at some work that the general managers did over the summer. Who do you think is the most underrated GM in terms of what they were able to do with their roster over the last six months? Look, I think Ron Francis deserves a lot of credit for some of these smaller moves that he's made that have really paid off in a big way. And, you know, I kind of start with when they drafted Matty Beniers and then he stayed in school for that extra year and they gave him a little bit of extra time because he's coming to the NHL and he's become a star player right away. So I give him a little bit of credit for that. Not easy to be patient with those top couple of draft picks in the NHL. And then I kind of go down the list of, of moves that he's made Um, He brought back Dave Haxtell, very easily could have moved on from him, but you got to give this organization a chance to set in. They picked picked up Tolvin and off of waivers. That has provided a nice little spark of offense into their lineup. Uh, He got the Jared McCann deal done at a pretty favorable number. I think the cap hit is somewhere between five and five and a half million a season for Mm -hmm. the next five years. This is a guy who is scoring goals this season and looks like a pretty pure scorer. Um, you know, you look at the way that they've loaded up on draft picks. They got three second round pick in the draft this season. This is a very loaded draft. I've been told there's a lot of value late in the first round into the second round. It also gives you the opportunity to move up if you feel strong about something. And then I look at the fact that um, he signed Ryan Donato for less than his qualifying offer, right? So he saves them $800,000 on the cap. So Again, little things that he has done to me when you compound and you start stacking them, nothing that's going to maybe jump off the table and go, oh, wow. But when you put five or six little things together, 
that equals a big thing. This team seems to be humming along. I think that they are well coached right now. I love the fact that Jay Leach is still there as an assistant coach. I think he's incredibly bright. I think they did a nice job assembling that staff, and they seem to be really settling into their identity there in Seattle. I watched them absolutely beat up on the Chicago Blackhawks the other night, and you could see that this is a team that plans to stick around here and still be good in the second half of the season. I love that answer. I think you're right. Maybe not a big home run move, like a flashy UFA signing, but that guy just racked up a whole bunch of really solid singles, and we're seeing and the I benefits left, of it right now. And I left five or six things out. I mean, I have a list here, like you said, of about 15 singles that he has hit. I love it. Yeah, for me, uh, I'll go a bit of a different direction. I'm going to say Kevin Cheveldayoff out in Winnipeg. I think this summer, a lot of the conversation was like, hey, the Jets should blow it up, you know? Wheeler, boom, he's expected to be gone. And then you had Shifley, a lot of talk about his future. There were people saying, hey, maybe you just trade Connor Hellebuck and really start from the bottom. Cheveldayoff didn't do that. He believed in the core he put together, and it's paying off because that team is sitting near the top of the Western Conference right now. It's been an incredible season for Rick Bonus and the Winnipeg Jets. The only problem, the only beef I have with them is they're 0-3 in games in which I've bet on them this season. Absolutely brutal, uh, which is a nice tie-in to our points bet daily bets. It is a busy, busy night in the NHL, so let's dig into it, courtesy of Points Bet Canada, starting with the matchup right there at the bottom, Florida versus Montreal, and I am going with the over here. It's paying real close to even money. It's set at 6.5. Florida on a road trip. It, they just had a high-scoring game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, losing 5-4 in overtime. Both expected goalies tonight in terms of Montembeau and Bobrovsky. They both have goals against averages of above three, which means I think there's a pretty good chance we're getting seven or more goals in this one. So I love that spot. And also going back to the old shot prop parlay. I like taking Kirby Doc to go over one and a half. He's hit this mark in four straight. And also Colby talked about Matty Beneers. His line is only set at one and a half. He was on a six game run that just ended. So I like him to bounce back into the right column here. A couple of those parlayed at plus 147 and a quick final one. Nino Niederreiter has hit his shot prop in seven out of 10 and it's paying plus 115. I'm all over that for my third play of the day, courtesy of Points Bet Canada. And Colby, I'm fascinated to get your take on what I want to hit on for garbage time. I see you rocking the Roger Federer lid. Love it. I am all in right now on the Breakpoint series on Netflix. And I know a lot of people were into Drive to Survive. I can't wait for the golf one that's coming out in like less than a month. And I think the NHL's got to take advantage of this. You see these sports that are growing massively because they're putting out documentaries and they're giving fans a real inside look into the sport. And not just current fans, but it's creating new fans because these things are done so well. And I think the NHL is making a huge mistake not having something like this for people to look at. And I'm not talking about some propaganda style thing that you put out on NHL.com that's just all fluff. I think fans of the game, and again, people who might not know enough about the NHL but are really intrigued by it, they'd be all in. There are some great characters and great stories in this sport. And I think it's a shame that it's not being told a little bit more in depth and a little bit more unfiltered. Well, look, first off, I'm a huge tennis fan, so I'm dialed in every night to the Australian Open right now. Uh, so I'll be looking to see if you're giving any good prop bets on the Australian Open that I can uh, pick off for you. But I haven't seen Point Break yet, but I have heard from everybody and anybody that they love it. Paul Stastny was texting me about it the other day because he's also a big Roger Federer and big tennis fan himself, but told me their whole team has been dialed in on it. And a lot of the guys, they're not tennis fans and they're not into it. So... 
One thing my wife and I watch every year we look forward to is Hard Knocks on HBO for the NFL. And I'm with you. I think doing something with Netflix, putting it on a big platform, continually putting out content. I know, you know, the Boston Bruins have done a nice job over the years with Behind the Bee. I think that that gives a little bit of a look into behind the scenes, the locker room, the practice facility, where the equipment, just everything that goes into being an NHL player every day. The Blackhawks have one out right now called Next Shift. I also think that it's been really cool just to get Kyle Davidson, Norm McIver, Luke Richardson, you know, Jonathan Taves. These guys are constantly sitting down doing interviews, really talking about what's happening day to day. So I am with you. I think that it's a fine line because you don't want it to be a propaganda ve- a propaganda vehicle, but ultimately show people what day-to-day life is like for these NHL players because I think the general public has one idea and I think that it might be sort of right but I just think there's so many holes in there that people don't really understand or realize on on what it is day-to-day so I'm totally on board with that I would love to see the NHL do something like that and my wife just went out of town for a couple of days so the next uh, couple of nights will be all about binging point break and and getting up to speed on it Love it. Uh, quick wrap because we are out of town, uh, out of time. But thanks to everyone who tuned in on Daily Faceoff on YouTube. We'll be back tomorrow with another show. And Frank Saravalli's got some insider news he's going to pass along as well. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and enjoy a big night of NHL hockey. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.